Well, that was great, wasn't it? <laughs> kind of leaning into to that. That was great. I'm going to read to you um, from the second letter um, to the Corinthians, and uh, it's uh, chapter 5, verse 11. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others, but what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast. You may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. Because we have concluded that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves but for him who for their sake was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation that is in Christ. God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. And therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now I'll bet you've probably got a favourite verse in that passage. I'd be very interested to know which one has so many echoes for you. The one I wanted to draw attention to is if anyone is in Christ he is a new creation the old has passed away behold the new has come that was my favourite and there's a couple of others are voting for that one but there were others aren't there there's so many others in that passage what other verse call it out what other verse was has we are ambassadors for Christ. Why am I not surprised that our sister would like that one? Yeah. Anyone else? A verse that is in that passage has meant something to you. Well, there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that great? I mean, seriously, I mean, I, I, as you know, I come from a Baptist background and before that the Salvation Army and we were always pretty excited on the inside. But, I mean, seriously, that is enormously good news, isn't it? And, and that, 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 that's our news. That's God's news to us. Isn't that amazing? Praise God. 
Familiarity, I think, though, it might be... My mother used to say that familiarity would breed contempt. Anyone remember that? Does anyone say that to their children still? No, right, okay, well, it may be just a generational thing, but my mother was always saying things that were memorable, and that was one of them, familiarity would breed contempt. It seems to me, in my own life and in my observation of others, actually, I don't have the clicker, I just remembered. Is the clicker here? Is the clicker there? Maybe you guys do it. When you, when you, oh, okay, here it comes. So I'm coming into the 21st century here. Which one do I hit, brother? The right. Right. Going that way. That's right. Right, okay. Left goes back. Left goes back. Well, yes. Well, that was, that was why I was, I was, uh, it's good to know that anyway. Um, (laughs) I, I have um, this sense that for a lot of us, in the church generally, not, not so much just at Grace House. But I think it's, it's not without some real intent that Hannah got us to lean in hard as we did this morning. I don't think that was by accident. I think that was the, the perfect metaphor for what I, what I think the church needs. So I think we've become very passive and... And, and, and we're, we're waiting for God to do something. And I would, I would counsel us that such is the good news that when faced with difficulty, we lean in harder on what God has done and what God has said. We lean harder into it. We double down on it. We don't, we don't just take no for an answer. We double down on it. And we pray and we, we intercede about the work of the Spirit in our lives, in our church, and our churches in the city. We double down on this. If we don't see it, we double down more. If we don't see a revival of the Spirit of God, we pray more. Do you see what I'm saying here? I think we've been very passive on this. I've been to Pentecostal churches and thought to myself, am I in a Pentecostal church? We're jumping around and we're singing songs, but where is the power of God? Right? And God help us, we need to be better than just a group of people who come and we have great worship. And Hannah, we're so blessed with Hannah, aren't we? And, and the team, appreciate and honour you guys, all of you. And uh, we love all that. We love singing. We, we, we love the proclamation of praise. That's all important. But we, we who've been around for a while, as well as we who've not so been around not so long, we know that nothing beats the power of God to transform and renew and redeem and reconcile. There's so much he does. And I think a lot of people are sitting in churches going, oh, well, we're, we're just going to slowly get smaller and less relevant and go out into history. Not on your life. I think the state of the church in Australia is because we have not doubled down on what God says and held fast to it and we have not doubled down on our prayer requests 
that the Spirit of God would be poured out. We, we, we just say one prayer, and go, oh, well, it didn't happen. So that's it. Friends, if we don't see people saved in a meeting here on Sunday, we should be doubling down on that all the next week, saying, Lord, we want to see people come to know Jesus. We want to see it happen in Grace House. We want to see people come to know Jesus in our city. We want to see it here, and we're not going to take no for an answer, and we're going to persist in our prayers. Lord, pour out your spirit again. And so this message is really just to encourage and exhort for a little while. One of the best translations of that verse that I've mentioned is, is the, uh, the voiced one. Assuming that anyone is in Christ, um, he is a new creation in quality. The antiquated, out-of-date things which do not belong to the new life in Christ Jesus have passed away. Behold, all things have become new in quality. It's an interesting, gets me thinking, I guess it's my background, so I apologise a little bit for that. But when you see the old life of someone pass away and be replaced by a new way of life right before you ask, you get amazed. Who has seen that with their own eyes? Yeah. You see that once and you go, that's what we're looking for. We're looking for someone's life to completely change and to be transformed. We're wanting to see it right before my eyes. Now, when I was 11, I think, 11 or 12, <clears throat> my dad was the, and mum were pastors of a Salvation Army a church or corps in Townsville. And uh, my sister is here and, and she and I, she probably doesn't remember this because I was only 11 or 12. That means she was much younger than that. Much, much younger than that. Anyway, I remember a man coming into the service drunk. Now, I had been around in the Salvation Army. You, you run across these folks fairly often. And he came in drunk, staggering everywhere. He, he, he smelled like a brewery, he, honestly. He, he was really drunk. He'd been drinking a lot. And he staggered up to the front, fell down at the place we called the mercy seat, the front, and stood up about five minutes later, stone cold sober. Now, I don't... Yeah, that's right. Now, I, I saw that with my own eyes, and it made me realise nothing but the power of God can do that. No human being can speak and have someone change like that. When you see power like that, when you see the old things that no longer belong passing away, and behold, a new thing coming. You go, wow, that is what we're looking for. That's what we want to see. That's our heart's desire. And I think it is for us. This is the evidence that changing is the evidence of the explanation for the huge shift. The old has passed away. The new has come. But... What are we to make of a situation where someone claims to be a disciple of Jesus and assumes, to be, assumes that they are in Christ, yet their old life persists 
and governs them. What are we to say about this thing? What are we to make of that situation where somebody claims to follow Jesus but has none of the, the transformation that comes from him? Do you remember how the apostle saw it? He said, he said they have the form of it but not the power of it. I think that we in the church, we need a strong dose of the power of God. Honestly, we do need it. Now, if we see little whispers of it, we go, great, wonderful, let's see more. But I'm not talking about whispers. I'm talking about shouts and the roars of it. I'm talking about the power of God coming upon a church in a, such a way that makes the city around it rejoice. That's what I want. Not, not that I'm, oh, there's a, there's a funny people at Grace House, don't worry about them. But, but instead, that there's something happening at Grace House and people who have any contact with it are being transformed it's a good thing. I might even go there myself one day, you know, that sort of thing. Rejoicing over the fact that there is a church like that. Lord, make every church in Logan City like that as being a reason to rejoice. You know, I, I've been around a long time, I guess. I can get jaded and now I'm looking at this I'm thinking you can't even read that <laughs> how is that can you read that no you can't read that some people can read it and other people can't wonderful well that's just great that's that helps a great deal doesn't it you can read it oh good well I can read it now look at that this is I just want to do a quick exercise with you. When Paul was trying to explain about what our, our state was before we met Christ, the best explanation is Ephesians 2. You see, we were dead in the trespasses and sins. Oh, we've gone. I spoke too soon. Let's pray for our... Oh, thank you so much. That's good. He's made a PNG of it. Goodness me, you're going to be, you're going to be annoyed all the way through this morning, aren't you? Yeah, we were dead in, in the trespasses and sins in which we once walked. And that state came about because we'd been following the course of this world. It's getting bigger by the second. Following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work. And the outcome of that association has been with that spirit, that prince of the power of the air that we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And this ensured that our final state before Christ was, and I'll uh, tell you this bit because it's the, it's the punchline of what Paul was saying, by nature children of wrath, wrath like the rest of mankind. And so what happened before we came to Christ was we'd been listening to the wrong people 
the wrong, the wrong spirit. We've been listening to the wrong spirit. And as a result of our association with him, we had begun to show that in the ways we lived, in the manner of our life, in the manner of our speaking, we managed to live like this. And then we, we just, because of that, we just got caught more and more and, and our whole lives were broken by it. Now, this is why it's important. The language Paul uses in 2 Corinthians is so important. All that has passed away for someone who is in Christ. My brother Greg has called on this. He called it in the prayer, um, in the prayer room before, and he's, he's called it out here. And he, 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 There's a couple of things that's on his heart, I think, this morning. Brother, I'm with you. All of that is gone for anyone who is in Christ. So doesn't it strike you as odd when someone who claims to be in Christ behaves like they've never met him? And I think one of, what, one of the things I think is that what has happened to the church is we have fallen back away from what we, what we, how we began back into this man-made religion. And it, it is a man-made religion. It even You can have even Pentecostal-looking, Baptist-looking. You can have Churches of Christ-looking. You can have Lutheran-looking. You can have all of that stuff and look like you're the real deal and yet in your old life has come back. And, and I, I pray for the sake of our city that the power of God is poured out upon us afresh and that we, when faced with difficulties and trials, double down on it. No, I am a new creation. The old has passed away. God says, the old has passed away. If I repented and believed, the old has passed away. Behold, I am a new creation. No, I, and when I'm faced with temptation and personal failure, do I give in to that? No, I double down on what God says. I repent. I come back to that place. No, I will not give up the ground God has given me. No, I will not give up the ground God has given me. And instead of saying, I guess, God, you won't want anything more to do with me, we, we pray that prayer, Lord, pour your spirit out on me again and really whack me this time. I add that bit myself, if, if that's helpful. There's a, there's a reason, I think, why the world thinks that there's nothing to this business of following Jesus. We, we, the body of Christ, we are supposed to be living a new life, a higher resonance of being. That's where we're supposed to be. But our divorce rates are exactly the same. Our abuse rates are exactly the same. Our mental health issues are exactly the same. We don't live any different. But by the power of God, we just might. And so I think this, this urges us, and we have been very grateful to our, our brother Patrick for taking us through Galatians, which takes us back to this again and again and teaches us these insights. Look, friends, we, we are at a place now where we have, we have got to be like a little bit leaning in to the praises of God like we were this morning, 
and simply not taking no for an answer. We need the power of God to be broadcast among us. Otherwise, how can people know? We need personally, not only do we need the power of God on our life, but we need to be holding the line on what God says we are. And, and I, I got a little thing and I hope it comes up. Now it's not working at all. I'm, ah, thank you. What I'm trying to say is this is a quantum leap, all right, from, from anything man-made. But I want to just draw your attention to this for a second. This is really important. This is what eight factors that actually say what actually happens to you when you repent and believe. God does a work. It's a work only he can do. Isn't that good? Only he can do it. He's committed to doing it. And look, look at all those things. Where if we come into Christ, we are identified as a person who is chosen and therefore cannot have a charge brought against them, fully redeemed, fully reconciled and therefore at peace with God, establishes heirs with God, righteous in relation to God, dead to our former way of life, betrothed to Christ, full citizens in God's household, sealed with the Holy Spirit. Now, God has done all of that with you and me. He's done all of that. There is no more work for you or me to do on this matter. We are fully reconciled. And so what does it mean when we come into difficulty, when we, when we fall into error? What is it when, what do we do? Do we just cover it up and hope no one notices? No, we go back and say, no, that's not who I am. Who I am is fully reconciled. Who I am is redeemed. Who I am is chosen. Who I am is righteous. Who I am is dead. Dead to sin, alive to God. And we operate at this higher resonance. We live at a deeper and more wonderful place. It's the invitation of God. And uh, I, I just think that if we, as the people of God, come back to this again and again and, and double down on it, I think we're going to see some wonderful things. It means, it means so much to us that to do these two things. And this is why I think we could... I think what God is saying, if you do these two things, I, I want to make this church a church that actually blesses the city simply by being here. And whatever we do after that, an extra added on. But there's a grace to be here. And when we repent and believe, we come into all this. So our first commitment must be, this is who I am. Not the accusation. You know how hard it is to love someone when you're living with the fact that you don't feel you're good enough. You understand that, right? And yet, when God fully transforms us, we are able to do the very thing he's called us to do. Amen. To love one another. Love one another. Look at all those things. You are a full citizen in God's house. You are betrothed to him. 
Your old way of life is not in a drawer somewhere that you can get it out every now and again and live it. It's gone. And so this, this whole challenge for us, I think as a, as a church now, is to lean hard into these things. Don't, don't be passive. I think Hannah was right to call us about this. Don't be passive. I mean, you might be, you might be like me, fairly conservatively brought up. Who, who was brought up in a fairly conservative church? Yeah, I, I was too. And, uh, and, and I've been a Baptist for years. And that, that just kind of makes it go deeper, doesn't it? Yeah. And yeah, thank you. Who was brought up in a, in a more um, a free, a, a more um, expressive kind of church experience? There's a few, yeah. Now, I'm, I'm saying to you, I, I, I want to just see a place where, where the conservatives and the crazies are, sorry, everybody, everybody is operating in love, born out of the power of God at work in their lives. You know, we're not being able to, to hold it in. Isn't that a remarkable list? You see, that's who you are. That's who I am. And if, if there's a challenge to that, I go back to that list. No, you can't bring a charge against me. I'm chosen. No, I don't have to try and be good enough. I'm already fully reconciled to God. No, you can't accuse me of being religious because I'm not religious. I am alive in Christ. I've not, this is not a man-made religion. A good friend of mine, Andrew Cato from Sydney, I was chatting with him just the other day. He's an Anglican minister from down in Sydney. He came to this country as an immigrant many years ago and this, he said when he was invited to come to church the first time, it was because he thought he'd meet really nice girls. But he said he found in that service, he found that the challenge would challenge came to him that there was a, a faith which was true life and he encountered it in Christ. It's a wonderful, wonderful story to hear. And when you look at all of that, that means that in the event where there's any other evidence, any other accusation, we double down on it. No, that's who I am. That's who I am. And not, not, you know, you get some people come across and, and, and accuse you. No, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. This is who I am. And so I double down on that. I'm not, I'm not going to allow someone to take it off me. That's me up there. Amen. That's me. I didn't earn it. I didn't earn it, did I? You didn't earn it, did you? No. You didn't earn it. You came in repentance and faith and he gave it to you. He gave you the right to call yourself chosen and fully redeemed and fully reconciled and righteous and established as an heir and so on. It's extraordinary, isn't it? We don't want Grace House to be a place where you're constantly feeling like you have to measure up. We want you, we want you to see... No, who I am in Christ is enough. And then I think the other thing that we want to, um, to get into, and I've 
kind of abandoned my message here, really, friends. You know, I spent hours agonising over this. You know, and I'm looking at this saying, oh, that was good. That was wonderful. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, I just want to finish up with this. I think the other thing we need to be doing is praying that the power of God would be poured out on us. And I'm proposing that we start today praying with one another that it will happen here. And, and, and not just praying today. Every time we get together, we pray, Holy Spirit, come in power to our meetings so that we can be released into the life you have for us, into the new life we have in Christ. Being in Christ is far more amazing than we realise. I think we're, we're selling it short. I think we're, we're selling being in Christ as being a measuring up all the time, trying hard to be good. But it's not. It's an intimate life with the life giver himself. It's walking with him. It's dreaming with him. It's visioning with him. It's um, healing with him. It's restoring with him. It's transforming with him. It's, it's an intimate life journey. And you notice that what happens is several things start to change in you when the operation of the Spirit is going like that and your convictions are all there. Then what you find is gratitude rising and it changes the frequency in your own heart. You're not always looking down and you're looking sad, but you, you, you have this sense of being lifted up. Friends, we've got to pray that the power of God comes because that's when the dreams and the visions and the power to heal and restore and deliver and all those other wonderful things are going to happen. And so today we need to actually grasp this. Instead of living at the law of the bare minimum, and I think that's what we do a lot in church, we live at the law of the bare minimum. We, we, we operate in fairly Christian kind of situations but we really don't live with this kind of power that we need to be living. Here's a final thought. What does Logan need? It does need Jesus. Yes, it does. When you ask yourself, we live in this city, what does this city need? That's a good question. What do they need, Lord? What's happening in our culture and, and the abandoning of, of so many things we used to hold to be true? One of the things that I think the city, people in the city are not going to be open to is people preaching at them. But I know what they will relate to. Love. And most churches are full of people who haven't got the capacity to love. They love in theory. God help us that we wouldn't be like that. We, we don't want to be a people that love just in theory and only those who are kind of attractive to us. We want something better than that. And so what I think we've got to do 
is to become an influence on our city is remember that that was who we are. That list is who we are. And that, that we need to pray without ceasing for the power of God to be poured out on us. And we just don't give up until we see it every week. And by the way, if you, if you see it one week, you don't think, oh, great, we're there. You up your prayers. You pray more. Because if we see the power of God here and every week someone coming to know Jesus, having discipleship classes with them all week, teaching them this stuff about how you, this is who you are now by repentance and faith. God has made you to be fully reconciled, fully redeemed, an heir, chosen, all of these things. And we need to be that kind of people praying over one another. Fill my friend with the Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord. Fill him, her, with power. Because you see, if we are not spending our emotional energy trying to be good and being full of God's Holy Spirit, we will have the capacity to love. I've seen too often that we, we try really hard, but, but really we're only trying in our own strength. I don't know whether you've had this experience, but it seems like the Holy Spirit or place you, when you've just been filled with the Holy Spirit, will place you next to the person who drives you absolutely batty. You would not be seen dead with them. You are embarrassed that they're Christians. Right? And he always puts you right next to them and says, love them. Yeah, I've had that happen a few times. So as, as I conclude, here's, here's what I hope you will feel to do. We'll have some worship. We'll be worshipping together and the prayer team will be available to us. But I'm praying that we will move amongst one another and be praying for one another that the Holy Spirit will be poured out on their lives, on this place and on our city. And I, I, I think that's what we've got to be doing before church, during, during church, after church. And I believe if we do this, every week, every week, we will see people coming because they want to know Jesus. I believe that. And that will be the greatest joy for us here. And, and you know, I think, you know, Philippe and Patrick and I, you know, and Anna, we'll be heartbroken if we get to a Tuesday morning OBS meeting and no one came to Christ on the Sunday. We'll be heartbroken. And I think we should be, shouldn't we? So you get a freebie today, no pressure. But we've got to be praying, haven't we, for the power of God to be manifest so that men and women can come to know him and find the love that he has for us. Well, let me pray. Father, Pray in the name of Jesus that your Holy Spirit will be in charge of our meeting just now in a special way and bring us all to him who is our life, even Christ. Oh, Lord, as we worship and pray, I ask you in the name of Jesus for a greater grace. Pour out your Spirit upon us 
Help us to double down on this, your words to us about who we are. Oh God, answer prayer among us in the name of Jesus.